the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The Answer. Hour number two underway now, and it's past 10 o'clock. Thanks again to Jim Jordan. Join us last segment coming up at uh, 9.30, or excuse me, 10.35. Uh, we're going to talk to U.S. Senate candidate Bernie Moreno, who is uh, going to be joined by a former U.N. ambassador. So that means he knows a thing or two about foreign policy. Uh, talking about Rick Grinnell. He was Trump's ambassador to the United Nations after uh, Nikki Haley. And uh, Rick Grinnell will, is in town. He's uh, he's in the state. He's uh, campaigning with and for Bernie Moreno. So we're going to talk about Afghanistan with Rick Grinnell and Bernie Moreno. And a little bit more as well coming up at uh, 1035. So this half hour is wide open for you at 216-901-0945 or 888-281-1110. Let me hit this again just so that you understand. Actually, I want to hit two things. One is the um, the Washington Post of all places actually writing the truth, reporting the truth about why the Taliban was allowed to take over Kabul and how it was decided directly by U.S. military command, which directly led to the death of 13 U.S. service members in that suicide bombing as the Taliban allowed ISIS-K bombers through their checkpoints to get to the airport. Sergeant Johanny Pichardo Sergeant Nicole G, Staff Sergeant Darren Hoover, Corporal Hunter Lopez, Corporal uh, Dagan Page, Corporal Humberto Sanchez, Lance Corporal David Espinoza, Lance Corporal Jared Schmitz, Lance Corporal Riley McCullum, whom we talked about, Lance Corporal Dylan uh, Marola, Lance Corporal Kareem Nikui, Navy Corpsman Maxton Soviak, who's from Ohio, Berlin Heights, 
and uh, Staff Sergeant Ryan C. Knaus, and I hope I hope it's Knaus. I apologize if it's the case silent, but these all they all lost their lives because of this decision made by the U.S. military command under Joe Biden. This is the Washington Post, and I quote. In a hastily arranged in-person meeting, senior U.S. military leaders in Doha, including McKenzie, commander of U.S. CENTCOM, spoke with Abdul Ghani Baradar, head of the Taliban's political wing. We have a problem, Baradar said, according to the U.S. official. We have two options to deal with it. You, the United States military, take responsible for securing Kabul, or you have to allow us to do it. Throughout the day, Biden had remained resolute in his decision to withdraw all American troops from Afghanistan. The collapse of the Afghan government hadn't changed his mind. McKenzie, aware of those orders, told Baradar that the U.S. mission was only to evacuate American citizens, Afghan allies, and others at risk. The United States, he told Baradar, needed the airport to do that. On the spot, an understanding was reached, according to the two other U.S. officials who were there. The United States could have the airport until August 31st, but the Taliban would control the city. Now you know why we heard Lloyd Austin, the Pentagon chief, the defense secretary, say last week that we can't come into the city and get you. We can only transport you if you make it to the airport because they ceded control of the city to the Taliban, to to a terrorist group, to the terrorist funders, trainers, financiers of the 9-11 hijackers. The Biden Defense Department literally gave control of Kabul to the Taliban thinking they wouldn't need it as long as they could use the airport. Never even considering these short-sighted, shallow thinkers that people would need to get from the city to the airport. Mark Thiessen tweeted, Washington Post reports Taliban offered to stay out of Kabul and let U.S. forces secure the city. We told them we only needed the airport. We could have controlled the airport and Kabul and evacuated everyone but chose not to. The incompetence is stunning. Mark Hemingway of uh, uh, The Federalist, even stronger, or actually writing for Real Clear Investigations now, even stronger. Good grief, he said. We need heads on a platter for this and for so many other mistakes. I agree. I concur. How can you not? So that's number one. The security of Kabul surrendered on direct command by the commander-in-chief which directly led to the deaths of 13 service personnel and the wounding of dozens more, and the deaths of hundreds of Afghans in those suicide bombings. So we'll go from the security of Kabul now to the other story, which is the security of the United States. CNN acknowledges, CNN reporting, that U.S. agencies bringing Afghans to the United States are doing so with no documents whatsoever. I'm going to read a portion of this to you. The approach from the administration has been get as many people on a plane as you can and we'll sort out the immigration visa stuff later. 
the source said, pointing to the rush to get people out of Afghanistan after the U.S.-backed government there collapsed. Some people have landed with no documents whatsoever, creating a very high, challenging work environment for the officers, the source added. DHS sources told CNN that even though they are able to identify Afghans without an individual providing them with documents, it's just a math game due to the tens of thousands and potentially hundreds of thousands that the Biden administration is wanting to resettle in the U.S. The large-scale resettlement, the source told CNN, makes the likelihood of an Afghan with ties to terrorism higher and higher. Now I'm going to pause there to remind you this is CNN. CNN! Propaganda arm of the Biden administration and the DNC and woke America admitting that this Biden policy of allowing thousands, tens of thousands, and maybe hundreds of thousands of unvetted Afghans to the United States increases higher and higher the probability of Terrorists being brought to the United States on American planes, on American C-17s. Being brought in, processed, and distributed to whatever city in the United States they choose. I mean, good gosh. Intelligence agencies and law enforcement officials are always fearful of missing something in their vetting and that a terrorist could slip through according to one former DHS official. The challenging aspect is you can't predict the future. You can't tell when someone can go bad, the official said. In rare cases, refugees have uh, been allowed to resettle in the U.S. and later discovered to have had ties to terror groups and charged with lying to immigration authorities. We are bringing in hundreds of thousands of people, potentially tens of thousands definitely, who may or may not be telling the truth about where their loyalties lie, whether they supported the United States and desire to live in freedom, or whether they supported the Taliban and are coming to the United States to kill. We have no idea. No clue. Once again, as I said to Jim Jordan, and reminding everybody of of, uh, Barack Obama's words, elections have consequences. And for the United States people, the election of Joe Biden, by hook or by crook, has consequences that will result in death. There's there's just no... In fact, already has the death of those 13 service personnel. But it will result in the death of American civilians. And by the way, one last note. You heard Kathy McCollum, the mom who is so outraged at the death of her son, Ryan, her 20-year-old son who was one of those killed at the Kabul airport. She screamed about the dementia-ridden sack of crap, as she described it, uh, who sent her son to die, Joe Biden. There's a great article I read last night on AmericanGreatness.com, AMGreatness.com, by Antoinette Aubert that you should read. It's headlined, It's Not the Dementia, Stupid. The subhead To blame Biden's apparent mental incapacity is to let the left off the hook for a half century of disasters. It's a great article. It's not long. I might even read it to you. It's a great article that simply summarizes the reality here. Joe Biden isn't making terrible decisions because of his mental incapacitation. Joe Biden is making terrible decisions because he's a leftist. 
It's just that simple. Don't let him off the hook. Don't excuse his terrible policies by saying he's got dementia. He may indeed. He may indeed be a pre-Alzheimer's patient. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. Sure looks that way, sounds that way, acts that way. But to dis- uh, to dismiss his decision-making as being a result of that mental challenge is to ignore the obvious. It's not his mental challenges that cause these decisions. It's his leftism. And the left should be on the hook for that. Vince in Westlake. Hi, Vince. Go ahead. You're on the air. Bob, how you doing this morning? Thank you Good. for taking my calls. Off. Yes, sir. Um, first of all, before I even get into what I called about real quick, um, I, I hope people realize and appreciate the importance of shows like yours and some of the other ones that we listen to in that because think of where we'd be without the information that we're able to get from you, from Tucker, from Fox, from this and that. And this is something that people have got to realize support, and realize that the left is trying to take that away from us. Now, on to what I called about. Um, I need to go no further than your first two well, your first phone call and your first uh, uh, recording of a phone call, the heartbreaking phone call by the mother who yeah. lost her son at the gate, uh, I, 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 I was actually almost in tears listening to that. And I don't know if I was in tears because as much as the heartbreak that I could, as a parent, that I know she must be feeling, or in tears for our country's going down the tubes. And if people don't wake up pretty soon... And then on to the next call, which was Tanya, do what she says. Start talking to your Republican leaders. Start talking to these folks that are supposed to be on our side. And Tanya made a great point, and people need to understand that. You can get mad all you want at the left. You get, we know who they are. Okay, We need to start holding our own representatives, our leaders, everybody else that's supposed to be sticking up for us, whether it's Congress, Senate, uh, who, are, who are we electing for, for judges, local representatives and hold their feet to the fire and ask them, why are you letting this stuff go? I mean, the left is doubling down right now. You would think that this situation in Afghanistan would, you know, teach them to shut up a little bit, sit back and okay, we push it too hard. They're not, they're doubling down. You see AOC wants to have, you know, 200,000 refugees let in here, yeah. uh, unvetted, unaccounted for. Uh, Nancy Pelosi's pushing through the infrastructure bill. She's not even paying attention. She's as bad as Biden. Um, and 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 this is this is the incredulity of these people. That just they just don't stop. And and if we don't take this back soon, get involved. Talk to your representatives. Get involved with organizations like you and I have talked about before. Citizens for Free Speech. The other ones. Then, but we're 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 done. And and people, please wake up. That's all i got to say. Thanks again, Bob, for what you did. Yeah, thank you for the call. I appreciate it, and I agree with you wholeheartedly. It really is um, uh, you know, a matter of waking up, and it's a matter of acting, like you said, with groups like CFFS, Citizens for Free Speech, and I've got a story about them that I'll talk about later as well. Uh, but it really is all of the above. Thank you very much for the call, Vince, and uh, thanks for staying uh, so passionate about this. 1021, we'll come back with more calls right after this. the free WHK mobile app and listen to your favorite WHK programs or podcasts on the go. It's free in your app store. Okay, 1025. Let's get a couple more calls in here before the bottom of the hour. Kenny in LaGrange. Good to talk to you again, Kenny. How are you, sir? 
I'm doing fine, Bob. Thank you. What's on your uh, mind? We have to look at a long-term plan put in place before Donald Trump took the oath of office. They knew when he started running for the presidency that he had a, a better than a 50-50 chance of becoming the president. So at that point in time, this, they put this plan in place to fix the election in seven states. There's no way in God's green earth that Joe Biden and little Miss Cammie Harris get 81 million votes. No way. It's not no. going to happen. No. So what happens is they know senile Joe, who has been a 50-year political hack, is going to be either forced to resign or taken out under the 25th Amendment. At that point in time, little Miss Cammie Harris gets elevated to the presidency. She gets the she gets to appoint her vice president. Something happens down the line to little Miss Cammie. Either she's forced to resign, uh, 25th Amendment, or, you know, an embarrassing situation. She can't handle the job. The appointed vice president moves up to the presidency, and at that point in time, the appointed vice president gets to appoint their vice president. Yeah, I think we're getting down a rabbit hole here, uh, uh, Kenny. Uh, that's well, a lot I, that's of steps. That's, that's a lot of removals. That's a lot of Twenty Fifth Amendments. I don't see all of that stuff happening. It's just there's just too many steps there. Uh, there's too I, many I, things that would have to I go. And, and well, but, you know, but again, and and also in addition to that, you'd you'd have to get a supermajority of the Senate to vote on that. The, the, even if we take control of the House and Senate in 2022, you're not going to get a supermajority to do any of those things. Uh, you know, that's, that's the, you know, but, 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 you know, your point about, you know, about Kamala Harris never getting the number of votes, you're right. I mean, again, that's a, re- there's a reason why she dropped out as a candidate. She was a terrible candidate, uh, and, and, and nobody liked her, which is why she, she dropped out. So here comes Biden. He's got to make good on his pledge of, uh, selecting a minority and a woman. So it's got to be a black woman, uh, unless you want to go with and call Elizabeth Warren a, a minority <laughs> with her one 1024th. So yeah. she's there. And now they're stuck between a rock and a hard place. She's still incompetent. She is utterly embarrassing as she giggles her way through every answer or question she has asked. Uh, she has completely abdicated, uh, you know, the, the southern border. She is, uh, she is AWOL, uh, which she was tasked with doing, and she doesn't even know what's going on in Afghanistan. So what are they going to do if they've got to run Joe Biden, uh, you know, I mean, run him off uh, and get him out of there? Uh, she is just a disaster, and there's no possible way she would win a re-election in 2024. I don't care. You could run you and me, and we would beat her in a, in a legitimate election because she is so incredibly incompetent. Well, this is, I, I realize I'm, I'm taking a worst-case scenario, but I just don't trust the Democrats to do anything good for this country. I don't and if, they, if they can elevate uh, Cammie Harris to the presidency, that leaves the vice president slot open. Only God knows who they want next in line for that, and and they're not worried about the twenty two elections. They're they're, yeah. they're not concerned about that because they've got fourteen months to impose whatever they want to impose on the American people, right. and we're stuck with it. Well, the good news is, my friend, and thank you for the phone call, and I, and I do understand it's a worst-case scenario, and it is what you just described. I also think it's probably an impossible scenario for the reasons I outlined, uh, but the good news is, again, there does seem to be at least one or two rational, moderate Democrats in the Senate that can put the brakes on the biggest damage they can do to us in 14 months. And that would be the voting rights damage. That would be the, you know, the, um, um, uh, a Green, Green New Deal. That would be any of the, the, the stuff that's part of, excuse me, the Great Reset. 
there are still a couple of moderate Democrats that are opposing it, and they need every single one of those Democrats in order to get it through the Senate. TJ's in Cleveland. Hey, TJ, go ahead. Yeah, hi, Bob. I don't want to go down the rabbit hole either, but Ken was wrong. Uh, the selected vice president is not third in line. It's the Speaker of the House, and that would be Nancy Pelosi. But the reason I'm calling, you know that old song, uh, some uh, all gave some and some gave all? This gold star mom's son gave all. To give the rights to these woke libtards in this country, give them the rights to dis- uh, destroy this country, uh, I, can th- I-, I could never begin to feel what she's feeling, but I can feel her anger. I mean, I, I am so angry with this, Bob, what's going on. And, and like one of your callers said, uh, they're, they're doubling down on this crap. You know, I mean, I talked to one libtard woman the other day. Well, it's Trump. It's Trump's fault. I says, Trump, Trump's been gone for seven months. I says, you know, it's just like uh, Obama. Every bad decision that dope made, it was Bush's fault. This is what these people do. They double down. They put that crap out there. And these Kool-Aid drinking Democrats just suck it down like them people at Jonestown did with uh, Jimmy Jones. Yeah. TJ, I feel your, and thank you for the call. I felt her pain as well, and I hear your support for that and your anger and your pain as well. And uh, I got to tell you, my friend, um, you know, it's going to take every bit of that passion and every bit of that anger for, for those of us who care to stand up and write what is wrong. Thank you, my friend, for the call. It's 1030. We're going to get our news now. And on the other side, we're going to talk more about the debacle that is Afghanistan, more about foreign policy, more about elections and election integrity. As the John Lewis Voting Rights Act uh, passed through the House last week very quietly while people were being blown up, they were passing that through Nancy Pelosi's house. We're going to get into that with with, uh, a Senate candidate in the... uh, Republican primary, Bernie Moreno, and former Trump ambassador to the United Nations, Rick Grinnell, who's in town with Bernie Moreno, supporting him for that Senate seat. We'll talk to both of them next, right here on AM social justice warriors if you're looking for a safe space where your delicate ears won't be offended this isn't it this is the bob france authority on am 1420 the answer 1036 now we continue thank you so much for being with us on am 1420 the answer we'll have time for more of your phone calls coming up in just a bit but right now i want to get into the uh, united states senate race from our great state of ohio rob portman is leaving his seat thank goodness and uh, there is a crowded field of candidates. We talk to them almost on a regular basis. And a lot of them are starting to rack up some pretty big-name endorsements. Uh, talk to Mike Gibbons shortly after he got the endorsement of Senator Rand Paul, libertarian and conservative idol. Uh, talked to uh, J.D. Vance uh, after he got the endorsement of Jim Banks. And I want to talk now to Bernie Moreno because he's got a very, very big endorsement. Um, and it's somebody that we really want to talk to right now, too, because of what's going on uh, in Afghanistan. Talk about foreign relations and foreign policy credentials. They don't get much bigger than Rick Grinnell. So let's bring uh, Bernie Moreno, U.S. Senate candidate, on and uh, his guest and friend, uh, former Trump United Nations Ambassador Rick Grinnell to the program. Gentlemen, thank you. You both for being here thanks for having us bernie uh, yeah, thank, you, wanna... thank you bob for uh thank you very much 
It's a pleasure. Thank you both very much. Bernie, I'm going to start with you. As a matter of fact, I'm going to start with both of you, but I want to give you this first. I don't really like to start interviews this way, but this is just so, um, I, I don't know, emotional, and, and it's so enraging. I can feel her anger and her pain at the same time. Uh, I want to share the uh, uh, audio that I know you have both already heard of Kathy McCollum, the mother of U.S. Marine Riley McCollum, one of those who lost his life due to one of the worst foreign policy blunders maybe in American history. 20 years and six months old, getting ready to come home for freaking Jordan to be with his wife to watch the birth of his son. And that feckless, dementia-ridden piece of crap just sent my son to die. I woke up at 4 o'clock this morning to Marines at my door telling me my son was dead. So to have her on right before me and listen to that piece of crap, talk about diplomatic crap with freaking Taliban terrorists who just freaking blew up my son and know nothing to not say anything about, oh, my God, I'm so sorry for the families. So my son is gone, and I just want all you Democrats who cheated in the election or who voted for him legitimately, you just killed my son. Bernie Moreno, that's hard for all of us to listen to. Kathy McCollum said, I can't get sad right now. She's just mad. She's furious because this was avoidable. This did not have to happen. Bernie Moreno, candidate for Senate, what do you think of, what's your reaction when you hear uh, Kathy McCollum and you think about 13 dead service members that didn't have to be? Bob, <clears throat> sorry. Um, that's hard. It's hard to listen to. Um, I have a son that age. Um, I don't even know what she's going through. I can't imagine it, honestly. And um, I think she speaks for the country. I think we're all pissed. I think we're all incredibly angry. And um, we are frustrated. Um, We don't understand what's happened to our country. And uh, we're embarrassed. And um, the emotion is raw and it's real. And uh, like I said, honestly, I talked about this with my wife over the weekend, what these families must be going through. And it's honestly just unspeakable. Yeah, it is every bit that. Let's uh, let's bring Rick Grinnell in again, uh, former U.N. ambassador under President Donald Trump. Um, you've got as much foreign policy experience as anybody, uh, Rick Grinnell. What is, what is your reaction to what you heard? And then moreover, for you, um, what is your analysis of the policy that Joe Biden implemented in setting a deadline slash redline, uh, refusing to put U.S. troops in Kabul to secure Kabul while evacuations were made, leading to, again, the death of 13 people and the wounding of many, many others that did not have to happen? Yeah, I mean, that, that call is, is gut-wrenching. Um, I, I, my heart breaks. I'm saying prayers for her and her family as that was happening. Um, she has every right to be angry. She has every right to insist that we think about the consequences of our votes. She has every right to think that the people who supported Joe Biden and who didn't want a strong America first policy wanted uh, more coordination with Europe and and to let Europe determine our uh, our policies. Um, I think she has every single right to hold people accountable for voting for 
changing the direction of our country. I mean, I think that people right now are furious when they when they put gas in their car. They, they don't understand how so quickly uh, policies could change. People don't understand, uh, you know, why China seems to be on the move right now, why Afghanistan has fallen apart and we're embarrassed, why did we have a Secretary of State appointed by Joe Biden? Why did we have a Secretary of State who stayed silent in cabinet meetings while sitting around a table listening to the fact that on July 1st we would pull U.S. troops out of Afghanistan before we removed Foreign Service officers, American Americans who work for the State Department? Why, why is it that we have a team making such blunders and yet these family members who just lost someone because of these blunders have every right to challenge us in society to say, what are you thinking? What are you doing when you change directions like this from something that, that went, uh, that was going really well? And I, and I think we all have to think about that. We have to think about the implications of our votes because they have consequences. And what I, what I am here to do is point to Bernie Moreno, somebody who's an outsider. And your listeners may say, you know what, I've never heard of Bernie. And I say, thank God you've never heard of Bernie Moreno. Because Bernie Moreno was in the, the private sector creating jobs and doing the right things for years, then running for office and putting his name on a poster. I'm tired of people who keep voting for politicians, recycled politicians, and, and expecting that somehow we're going to get something new. You can't send the same people to Washington, D.C. and expect them to change Washington, D.C. Uh, my message is to your listeners. You have a responsibility. You can't just sit there and listen and expect our country to continue down the right road. Every great civilization has lasted 250 years. And Ronald Reagan warned us that every generation has a duty to fight for freedom, and our country is slipping away little by little, and we keep sending politicians to Washington, D.C., who love their brand and love their, their egos, and they forget about us. I want someone in Washington, D.C., who upends the system, who doesn't care what the media says about them, and who has a track record of actually doing the, the right thing in the dark of night when no one's paying attention, and that's Bernie Moreno who has a history of going up against the system and risking his business, risking his reputation when no one is paying attention. Now, that's the type of person we need to send to Washington. I don't want to send another politician. Uh, we are talking with uh, former U.N. Ambassador Rick Grinnell, who was uh, in Ohio, who was campaigning yesterday with Bernie Moreno, has endorsed Bernie Moreno for the soon-to-be-vacant U.S. Senate seat held by Rob Portman. Bernie, um Give me an example. What is Rick talking about when he says you have risked your own businesses to do the right thing? You have risked your own, uh, you know, career in your own company. What is he talking about? What risks? Sure, I'll give you a couple examples. Um, so a few years ago, <clears throat> you may know, Buick shut down a factory here in America mm-hmm. and uh, opened up a factory in China to make mm-hmm. the Buick Envision. I was a Buick dealer in Beechwood, Ohio. I sent General Motors a letter. I said, don't ship me any of these cars. I don't want them. I'm not going to sell them. Uh, you're misleading people into thinking that they're buying an American-made car, and they're not. Uh, and on top of that, you're substituting Chinese workers for American workers, and I find that completely unacceptable. 
And uh, GM was extremely mad, uh, threatened me. My sales manager actually quit because it was a uh, good selling vehicle. But I didn't care it was the right thing to do. Uh, the other example, you know, and, and this is Bobby. Can you're, I just jump me. in here, Bernie, for a quick sure. second and just say, I want to point out one thing about that story is that Bernie wasn't running for public office, wasn't planning on running for public office. He did this in the dark of night when no one was paying attention because it was the right thing. Got it. And, and that is a point that you just made. That's a great example. Bernie, you had one more real quick? Yeah. So last year uh, uh, when uh, COVID lockdown started, I was vocally and publicly against them. In fact, you may know I was removed from a, uh, a community foundation. I was also a petition got started to remove me off of the Metro Health Board of Directors. But the reality is when I went and saw, uh, the, 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 uh, when I went, attended those board meetings at Metro Health, the doctors and nurses would come up to me and say, thank you for saying what we can't say. And what really, really pisses me off, Bob, is that not one of my opponents who had a dramatically larger platform than me said a word last year when it mattered. Uh, they're saying a lot of things now about lockdowns and school closings and mandates, but it's no risk to them now. There's a lot of risk to them last year, and they did not speak up, and that infuriates me. Well, I'm glad to get you on the record for that because that is very important. That's another uh, big issue that a lot of Ohio voters are going to have to decide is, is you know, which candidate is best going to represent freedom uh, and liberties and, uh, you know, not having our businesses taken away, our jobs taken away, and so on and so forth by unelected bureaucrats at the CDC. Now, having said all of that, I'm going to go back, if I can, Rick Grinnell, to you, to the Afghanistan issue on two fronts here, and then we'll get Bernie's thoughts on it, too. Number one, when Joe Biden made his meandering speech last week on Thursday after the death and the uh, the bombing of the of the airport there, um, he he said that the buck does stop with him. But and he proceeded to blame the Trump administration uh, again, of which you are very with which you are very familiar as UN ambassador, saying that that President Trump's team made the deal with the Taliban. Don't attack any more Americans over the course of the next X number of months, and we'll get everybody out of there. It's the only reason that we had peace and we had uh, uh, no more attacks. And that President Trump, uh, by setting that deadline for May 1st in the first place, um, put put Joe Biden, this is Joe Biden's version of it, put him in a bad position, saying he either had to honor that or he had to fill the tr- uh, fill the country with thousands of more troops. <laughs> How do you respond to what he said on Thursday by blaming the Trump administration, sir? Well, well, look, the the fact of the matter is is that Joe Biden has changed every policy that that uh, that Donald Trump has put forward. Nord Stream two, the border, uh, climate change, uh, funding through the Paris Accord, Iran deal. I could go on and on with all of the things that Joe Biden immediately changed, and so now Joe Biden, the politician is trying to tell us, the public, that he didn't change one of the policies from Donald Trump because he somehow couldn't. Now, now that's laughable. That's the first point. The second point is, first of all, Donald Trump wanted to remove the, the troops from Afghanistan from the moment he got into office. He didn't do it because the facts on the ground, the real-time information from men and women uh, serving in the military on the ground, intelligence officers sending back information. All of that information in real time taught Donald Trump to adjust according to real-life information. And so we were dwindling the troops down and controlling the situations or conditions that were put on the Taliban. I don't think the problem is talking to the Taliban. I think the problem is when the Taliban 
doesn't hear you. They heard Donald Trump. They heard that if they took one city, they would get blown apart. And so they didn't move on a city when Donald Trump was president. But as soon as Joe Biden became president, they started moving on city by city by city with no consequences, and suddenly they took over the whole country. So the weakness is something that you smell from very far away. The Chinese smell it. The Iranians smell it. The Israelis smell it. This is the problem. And I go back to what uh, this, this woman is telling us at the beginning of the interview about the implications of our vote. We, we have a responsibility to get it right when we go into the voting booth. You can't just vote by name ID. You have to vote for someone who actually puts America first and and when you don't vote for someone who who puts America first, you have consequences like what's unfolding in Afghanistan. Well, the other thing that she said, and let me go back to Bernie for this. Uh, you know, it, it wasn't just about the decisions you make to vote legitimately. She literally said that the Democrats stole the election on November third, which is something, of course, that President Trump continues to repeat. And most, well, I shouldn't say most, many of us absolutely believe I am one of them. Bernie Moreno, are you? And I ask that because. Just last week, in the in the in the chaos of Afghanistan, uh, Nancy Pelosi, Pelosi quietly held a vote to pass the John Lewis Voting Rights Act, which is very similar to the uh, For the People Act, which would federalize all of our elections and remove states' rights. So we're going to need to have you know legitimate, verifiable elections in 2022 for you or whomever the Republican candidate is to have a shot at winning this thing anyway. What we're seeing in the left is what I saw growing up in South America, people who have a uh, craven desire for power. They'll do anything to attain it. They'll cheat, they'll steal, they'll lie. And the media that covers up for them, honestly. And you look at what's going on in California where their new Secretary of State is allowing voters to print ballots at home uh, that they get via email. That's just a preview of coming attractions. In terms of the 2020 election, the reality is that uh, it was clearly not a fair election. It was obvious fraud. Uh, we have to get to the bottom of it, Bob. We cannot have Americans question the results of elections. And the swing states that were most affected last year have got to tighten up their election laws and put some common sense uh, uh, rules around how to vote and when to vote and the format and manner in which you do. Uh, I think in Ohio we did it well. Uh, but certainly a lot of other states were just, you know, catastrophically bad. It was clearly fraud. The question that we really don't know yet is exactly how much, but we have to get to the bottom of it. And uh, last question is going to go to you, Rick, and, and you can chime in on it to wrap it up, Bernie. It was also about Afghanistan. Uh, 50 is what the cap that, that the Biden administration is saying will be as far as 50,000 um, uh, Afghan refugees brought to the United States. Um AOC is lobbying for 200,000. Doesn't matter what the number is. If a percentage of them are terrorists or Taliban supporters, we're in grave danger. I just saw a report yesterday from CNN in which they are acknowledging, this is CNN, mind you, that there are many of these people being boarded onto those C-17s that have no documents whatsoever, meaning we have no earthly idea who they are or why they want to come to the United States. How dangerous is that type of policy, Rick Grinnell, to the, to the people in, in, here in the homeland? 
first of all, what every single person listening needs to understand is that America is the most generous country when it comes to allowing people to become U.S. citizens. Our immigration policy is extremely generous. We allow a million people, one million people a year, to become brand new U.S. citizens. Unfortunately, we have a hundred million people that want to become U.S. citizens. And so if you don't have rules in place, then you are not going to have a border and you're not going to have a country. So we have to start from the premise we are generous. We want to welcome people who follow the rules like Bernie did. Bernie was was born uh, in Colombia, followed the rules, became a U.S. citizen at the age of 18. No one better to speak about this issue than an immigrant who followed the rules. First and second generation Americans love this country and and are some of the most vocal people that, that support Republicans, support Donald Trump, that support a strong border. Uh, what I would say to all those who are racing to welcome the Afghans into this country is follow the rules, don't suspend the rules. We have very good rules about who gets in. And We've already evacuated, the Americans have already evacuated hundreds of thousands of people outside of Afghanistan. Some are waiting in Germany, some are waiting in Albania. They're they're all being processed. What I would say is do not rush the process. Look at, at who's coming in. Don't allow anyone to come in without going through the proper channel. And we as Americans should recognize that so many people want to come in that it is not too much to say, let's take the best and the brightest. Let's take people who know how to contribute to our country and who know how to make our country better. That was we a huge part of President Trump's platform. I, and I, I apologize for the interruption, but we're so out of time here, uh, Mr. Grinnell, and I really appreciate the point you just made. Bernie, I'm going to give you the last 30 seconds here. Go ahead, sir. So, uh, Bob, one of the things that we haven't talked about, which, God, let's just uh, pray for the guidance uh, uh, to give to the people in our administration. We have to seal our southern border. What you're talking about is, uh, you know, 30, 40, 50,000 refugees. AOC's an idiot, so I didn't pay attention to that. <laughs> but the reality is we have a wide open southern border. And 9-11 is around the corner, and you have terrorists on the loose. We need to seal that border now before we see calamity in this country. Amen to that. Bernie Moreno and Rick Grinnell. By the way, my apologies, uh, Mr. Grinnell. Uh, you, you were the DNI for President Trump. You were the ambassador to Germany as well. I was mistitling you, so my apologies for that. But thank you for coming on. No thank worries. you for lending your foreign policy expertise. And thank you for uh, your, your strong endorsement of, uh, of Bernie Moreno. I'm sure the people of Ohio are going to weigh that very, very carefully as they make their decisions. And thank you, Bernie Moreno, as well. Gentlemen, we appreciate it. Thanks, Rob. All right, 1057, last segment coming up, AM 1420 All right, that's uh, just enough time to say goodbye. Uh, apologies to anybody I left on hold, and apologies to uh, uh, Mr. Gunnell and Mr. Moreno for cutting them a little bit short at the end there, but that's the way the clock runs. Uh, Peter now joins us tomorrow. Make sure you are here for that. And uh, the last thing I can say is stay right here. If you want the latest on Afghanistan and you want the best analysis, listen to AM 1420 The Answer. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.